y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC live stream, the podcast. This show broadcasts out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC and Carla de Puerto Rico. And on this show, we talk about art, creativity, city life from a Latino perspective. I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 89. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is a special episode. We have an interview with Mears One of Five Points. We talk about our memories of Five Points. For anybody out there who doesn't know what Five Points is, Five Points was the largest aerosol art museum in the world at a time. And it was located in Long Island City, New York. It runs from the early 2000s until 2013. Yeah, so uh, if you don't know what about Five Points, just Google search it real quick. Five, P-O-I-N-T-Z. And let's get on with this interview. So once again, I have Mears back on the podcast. Um, as always, this is long drives with Mears. Yeah, we're, going, we're, we're heading up. We're heading up to Alaska now. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought my recorder on. <laughs> Carla's in the back seat. Say what's up, Carla. Hello. And as always, we're having a shop, a shop, a graffiti master art talk. We're talking shop with mirrors on a long drive. And for this episode, I wanted to talk about five points mirrors. Uh, you know, everybody knows there's an ongoing case. Uh, we're not going to get into the whole case thing. Everybody knows that there's a case. Blah blah blah. But I want to talk about five points. The memories, the history, the beginnings, the highlights, the golden years, the the the, the, the best moments. Um, it's beginning. It's beginning to get harder and harder to to talk to people about five points and for them to even remember what I'm talking about. I'm I'm painting in different locations and people talk to me and I'm like, yeah, and I'm from New York and I paint in New York and they're like, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you know, remember five points and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> people are beginning to. It's it's. You know, there's so much information out there. People are bombarded with so much media, and they're they're misinformed, or they that a, too. a lot of people don't. A lot of people think Five Points is coming back. A lot of people think that because the, the the certain I say entity fi- is trying to name his towers Five exactly. Points, that, exactly. That, that it will be back, and and it's not. It's it has nothing to do with uh, five, five Points. Will never be back. And they confuse the idea of Five Points with the Bushwick Collective or other things, yeah. other graffiti projects or other graffiti jams. And Five Points was more than a graffiti jam. It was more than a permission wall. It was more than uh, just a group of artists. It was a movement. It was a community. It was a location. Uh, but I, I, what, why, why should I say it? I got the man himself right here who can say it all. The curator, the originator, he originated this shit <laughs> of Five Points. I got Mears one in the house to tell me all about Five Points. Where do you want to start, Mears? How do you start it? Um, How would you start the five-point story? I'll start off by saying it, it's been a, a, a pretty insane ride, even to today and ongoing due to the legal nature of how it's turned and, and how we've had to make history uh, you know, through courts as well as through the actual creation and building of the, of the project. But um, it's, it's been a great ride. It's, been, it's, you know, it's one of the things I've done in life uh, where I jumped in without any kind of thought, expectation, or uh, you know, idea of what or where it would go. I uh, I uh, was introduced to at the time Fun Factory uh, in the mid '90s, '94, and and the reason being is that uh, in switching to piecing and wanting to explore the craft of, uh, of uh, muralism and piecing and, and productions, I knew that uh, to pull it off, I would need a, a, a legal wall because you 
know, there's only so much you can do illegally. And, and back then, for people who don't know, there was no Bushwick Collective. There was none. There weren't graffiti jams. No welling cord. Nothing. No centrifuge. No GMZ walls. Nothing. I mean, for you to for you to imagine having a legal wall and and blast your music and celebrate the fact that you have a legal wall was ridiculous back then. Yeah. The, and, the last thing you wanted was attention. And I got news for you. Even if you uh, were able to go get a legal wall, the the art form was a little more aggressive at the time. It yep. Was, you could get robbed yep quickly for your yep. paint or, or jumped or whatever so it, you know the street art game would more than likely not exist at all back then ba back then if you were doing a, if you saw like two artists doing a graffiti a graffiti piece you didn't approach them unless there was a problem yep. so you painting as a graffiti artist if you were approached you were not approached you you were ignored People you, would walk past you. They didn't want to deal with you. And you sure as hell didn't leave your cans all laid out beautifully for uh, everyone to see your catalog of, of <laughs> inventory. Colors, of, yeah, yeah, of, uh, your full palette. Yeah, which, is, uh, which is done now. Um, no, it, it, uh, it was a crazy period of time. And I, and I, I uh, had asked somebody, you know, because I, I didn't know uh, anything of Fun Factory. And somebody said, try Fun Factory. And I went and uh, I met the, the gentleman who ran at the time. And... Uh, I believe that's where I met you at, yep, yep. at Fun Factory, yep. and where you, I saw you do your cuts and stuff, and, and that helped me out a great deal in doing my first productions. But um, you know, definitely was a, a weird individual, and the fact that he ran that program, I can't fully understand to this day why, uh, being that he wasn't an artist, uh, and you know, it started out an anti-graffiti program, which turned. I think he was more excited at the idea of running something that would piss off the the police and the and because he was anti-establishment right, right. than than really a lover of the murals. So, right, 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 right. But for whatever the reason, and, and and I'll never know now. I mean, he's no longer with us, and and we have to only guess. You still got to give him his credit for doing it, and uh, I painted. The Fun Factory, and like I said, it was a it was a really uh, aggressive time. So even running that at the time, he had to deal with a lot of riffraff and yeah. beefs. Yeah. And uh, you know, there was issues. Something happened. The the uh, landlord had a falling out with the guy, and it was asked to leave. Uh, and and when he left, uh, it started a huge uh, controversy through the papers. They were arguing about him. And, the owner said about the pack and whatever, and then the owner made a statement, I'm not against the, gra the graffiti on the building, I just don't want the gentleman that was running it, running it. If anyone else wants to step up, be my guest. Now, and now th this this whole thing with the Fun Factory, this was early 90s to mid 90s. Yeah, 97 and, I think it died. Yeah. 98. Um, I was painting there as well back then, and I, absolutely, I, I can definitely echo what that time period was like. I could definitely echo to you what Fun Factory was like. It was riffraff. It, it was uh, a few legal walls throughout a, a, a factory complex. But the factory wasn't like the the entity as an entirety. It was like, oh, you can paint on this wall. But let, let's walk around the building. Maybe you can paint on that wall. <laughs> but it wasn't like the entire building was looked at like one big project or one big collaboration or, you know. And definitely the level of it was a it was a, it was a Amish quilt. Yeah. It was not uh, organized. It was just no. Of, uh, uh, and and you and the quality of what you threw up didn't really matter. I mean, you could literally go up and, and put throw ups and walk away, yeah. or just cop tag somewhere and just walk away to to doing a full production if you wanted to. But well, I think the, big, uh, it, was, it didn't attract artists. Is I my think. Point. Uh, I think. Well, there's a few things I want to touch on. A, it's important to realize a like he wasn't an artist. Right. So when you're not an artist really don't gauge artwork the same way another artist can. Uh, when you're not an artist, you also don't command the respect of an artist the way that an artist would because they gauge that artist and their abilities or their curatorial ability or whatever and it commands a different appreciation. So, you know, he had a lot going against him. Yeah. And, and I mean, to be fair to what that time period was, you know, I mean, I just said it didn't attract artists. Yeah, it attracted graffiti artists. It attracted people who wanted to better themselves. But at the same time, 
It, what I mean by that is it didn't attract people who saw it as a career necessarily. Well, I was the age of graffiti's dad. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Koch and Giuliani, graffiti's a plague. Graffiti causes every bad thing in the neighborhood. Now, it's almost ironic that it's the total opposite. Real estate looks at, looked at the plague that was so bad and said, hey, it's attracting people and we could utilize it yeah. to, to, to gain money for but, ourselves. But they Windward. still want it for free. <laughs> and that's where Windward is born. <laughs> exactly. And other programs which I won't mention. So, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's funny. All right, so you come into the picture. Mir's one finally says, I'm going to step up. Well, what happened was it, it closed and it was closed for, I believe, several months. Nobody was, like, jumping up. And, at the, uh, you know, when it was Fun Factory and I was enjoying you know pushing my craft and doing characters and things on the on like i would never do a character illegally if i have an option i'm going to do a piece right so there i was pushing my abilities to do backgrounds and and the guy who ran it uh along with not being an artist was a tad bit antisocial, if you know him right and didn't really like to deal with people so when he started to see i interacted well with people at the time he would be like, do me a favor, can you just give them a spot outside? And, and, right, right, right. And right. I started to, to kind of help him along. And then it came a point where he started to develop, a, I guess, a, a little bit of jealousy. Because people would start to just come to me now and say, hey. And he was feeling threatened. And I, at the time, I, I remember, I said, listen, this is your thing, not mine. Right. I was helping you. You're starting to act a little funny. I'm going to step away. And I stepped away. And that's when, you know, after I stepped away, he had some sort of argument uh, with the landlord. I think it was due to somebody had climbed on one of the roofs to bomb and then they broke through the ceiling, <laughs> the skylight or, or something happened. And the, the owner said, you got to get out, kicked him out. And I took over. It was, a, I think it was a Tuesday. Yeah, it was a Tuesday. I met the landlord at Five Points. Uh, I was given the keys to the office. He basically was like, no pornography, no uh, explicit, and no gang stuff, and right. you're good. I said, awesome. And with that uh, being Tuesday, said, Five Points was no, born. So Tuesday, Five Points was born on a Tuesday. <laughs> I went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, swept, cleaned up the uh, loading dock area, uh, painted a couple of the, of the tags off the walls and whatever. And, and he showed up, I think, uh, Friday, and... He's like, what's going on? I thought you, I go, yeah, we're, we're gonna, you know, we got it, I got it. He didn't know that I, I had been planning uh, from that Tuesday when I got the keys, making phone calls all week. Right. The first weekend. And that weekend, we did an event, and I believe I had about 30 artists came out. And these are all artists that I met uh, through the years of piecing illegally in different spots that I exchanged contact with and, and you know, I reached out, hey, come paint, I'm running this spot, and um, we did our first event that Saturday, and now, at the time, to have 30 artists out was insane, Yeah. because on a good day at Fun Factory, you had five, maybe five or ten people painting, yeah. maybe, on a good day. No, it was, it was, it was a skeleton crew yeah. on, at Fun Factory, at least when I painted there, you know, it was never that it, crazy. No, no, it was never an event. It was still yeah. random people painting here. You would bump into somebody be like, and you'd be scared. You'd be like, oh, yep. shit. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know you were here. Yep. And yeah. I remember the landlord that came the next week. And now, the landlord was very scarce there. I guess in the beginning, because he didn't know me or... And he wanted to gauge me. Right. He showed up a few times. Right. Which was like, you know, three times more than half... The and the rest of the... Of the yeah. Um, and he came after the weekend and was like, he saw that about 30 new pieces went up and he's like, oh, okay, I see you, you, you were planning, all right, and, and, and from that moment it was good, and, uh, what, it, so what was your objective at that time? My objective was to just, you know what, I wanted to create, I didn't want anyone to go through what I had to go through, I wanted to create a legal outlet for anyone to paint. So whether you sucked horribly or you were amazing or you just wanted to, 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 to dabble and learn the craft, you'd have a spot. And that was my intention from day one. Uh, and that's partially due to seeing how hard it was to get walls and how hard it was to, you know? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into how that 
objective evolved eventually where you became a curator you became more of a connoisseur of of this movement you know what i mean because it, it you know it, it developed and, and it evolved as different talent came and it grew bigger but at that moment in time in the beginning your objective was just to offer a, a free painting space for everyone i wanted something that 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 wouldn't be favoritism that wouldn't be my boys only queens guys no wherever the, wherever you're from and that's where the five points and five name points, came from I, well, I did want, when I, I remember starting, I was like, okay, I, want, I gotta come up with a name. I don't want to come up with a name that uh, has any idea of graffiti in it. Gotcha. I don't want to, because I, I didn't know where, I didn't know exactly what I wanted. The Get, and I the get Fresh Factory. Yeah, and I, and I didn't, didn't want to label it. I wanted to be able to grow. You know, and hippity hoppity factor. I could give you names for this. Hippity hoppity factor. And another factor to realize too is that I, in my growing up, have dabbled obviously with graffiti, but I used to to rhyme a right. little. And I'm not, you know, not trying to be a rapper, but I enjoy yeah, it. You rhyme a on, lot. What are you talking? I've about? been on tracks. I've been. You rhyme more than Carla. I've, yeah. I performed, <laughs> etc. And I also used to break dance. And I, I still do. I, I figure as I started to develop and grow with Five Points. I started to go, why not? And I would go to open mics. I would go to b-boy battles. Why not bring it all in one spot? Why not bring it home? And that's where I said, you know what? Five points. Five boroughs coming in one point to create together and five elements of hip hop, you know, if you, if you think about it. That was dope. So, and five points it was. And it's crazy. Not only that it got so big, but it's, it's a brand. It, it's a, a recognized brand that like Adidas or whatever, you know. So it, it's it's awesome to see how far it's grown from no from a spark to you know where it is now. So so you're let's go through the 90s into early 2000s. You're at Five Points. You got people that you know coming, showing up, piecing. You hollered at me. You were like, yo, let's go. Come through. And I was like, what? You guys are really doing this? What is this? I hadn't heard about you doing anything at Five Points for a while. I didn't really know what, what had evolved out of it. I didn't know that Fun Factory had really become this other thing. Years passed by, early 2000s. You're still there. You're doing it. You're strong in it. It's evolved. You got b-boys. You got breakdancing. You have people showing up. Then I show up and I look at it and I'm like, wow, what are you doing here? This is crazy. This is a movement now. Now you have events. Like, I, I was like, you really doing events here? Like, I, you know, back in the day, I maybe had an art exhibit there, but it was never an event. I, I might have rented a space in the building just for an art exhibit. Um, but then I see you doing these outdoor open air events. Um, I'm seeing the, the quality of the, of the productions actually becoming productions. Uh, I'm seeing the, the styles not only being local artists, but also being West Coast artists, being European artists. What was that like? What was that time period for you like? Early 2000s, like once it started turning around and... and well, what happened was, you know, well, I also, I also had a few times I've had wars. There was periods of time where full wars where people would, uh, you know, and... and just come and destroy murals for no reason. You're talking about within the graffiti culture? Within the graffiti culture at Five Points. And and it's a setback, but it's also a, a, you know, a full 360 kind of cycle and it's, it, it humbles you and it makes you understand that as much as you have, it can be taken away and keeps you humble, you know? Um, I, I when, when, when those wars slow down uh, and, and, you know, every, I think it, it probably started with an individual piece, I can't remember which one, where somebody, uh, it might even be myself, where I was like, yo, I want to get sicker stuff here, let's push the bar. And due to the fact that graffiti is so competitive in nature, if, if you kill it and do something insane, the next guy's going to want to do something insane too. Yep. And uh, there were several factors to why everything grew so much. A the uh the size of it the fact that there was so many pieces on the building there was oh i'd say probably close to a thousand between inside out all over the building um there was also the location it was located 
off of the 7 train when the 7 train not only was it located off the 7 train but it is the first thing when the 7 train surfaces above exactly. the ground that you see it's like a so, welcoming <laughs> yeah so whereas you could be on a, on an elevated train line and it's all background noise all the rooftops and maybe you'll catch one building that's all pieced up yeah. and you're like wow as opposed to you're in darkness and then as you hit, see sun and you start to look out the window because you come above ground and the first thing you see is a building and you can see all four sides of the building because it has exactly. a hard curve yep, yep yep and because of the curve it forced the train to slow down dramatically so you really were able to take the time to enjoy looking at the building those factors the competitive nature graffiti the location of the building and the scale of the building it made sense that uh, artists and their egos and their pushing the craft would make them want to do a better wall and as I started to realize that people were coming from all over and there's artists that I never even heard of coming from all over the world and wanting to save up money and, and to, to do this one production that will represent them in New York on this building I started to, to realize I'm kind of like a real estate broker <laughs> and, I, and I could kind of offer better real estate and push and there'd be I gotta tell you there would be I can't even tell you how many times I could count on my hand an artist that would save up to come to New York right they had the idea alright we're gonna stop we're gonna do a piece of five points I also wanna stop by and do a piece of Tough City I love to do a, a piece of whatever this place and, and then shop and whatever and they would call they would email me in, in advance hey I wanna and I say send me some photos let me see what you do blah 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 because you now this this is now you in the thick of it having to make some decisions being well, and that's what turned you more cu in the curator role where you had to make decisions yeah well because of because of the limited nature of space even though we had a lot of space right the amount of people that would come to paint i wanted to start to rotate the walls in, in a manner which would push people to better their walls so that it would have a longer run and you and you kept track of the runs I you were very aware everything. you were very aware of the runs you were very aware of how long something would run you were very aware of conscious even if it was in the, in the back of your mind of you know who did what where when how it was very planned but yet very organic too and, yep. I, and I say it in the sense that a kid could come at night and just destroy a beautiful wall that I would have loved to seen last for five years and some idiot rags it yeah. And then I'm forced to change it now. And so it was partially organic and very planned. Yeah. Everything was organized. Everything was, nothing was a free-for-all. Everything had to be asked. And um, I, I started to to develop uh, a long-term collection. Like when Lady Pink did a piece, she killed it. She did the, the you know, the Mother Earth. And getting her to come out there is, is hard to none so uh, I wanted that piece to last she got a spot that would you know last a while and nobody ruined it and it did let, let, it was seven years let, let me ask you this um, just rewinding a little bit further back what was it like so I, I'm sure that eventually when five points became the five points that everybody knew that everybody recognized it was five points I'm sure before you had a uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the word foreign, but I'm, I'm, what I mean is that somebody from not from New York, an artist not from New York, come to the to the Five Points location, come to you and say I want to paint. I'm sure the first ones didn't say, this is Five Points. I want to come paint at Five Points. I'm sure the first ones were like, hey, I heard I can paint here. Yes. Can I paint here? So when was the when was the first time that somebody actually came to you and said, I want to come paint at Five Points? When did you feel that? Do you remember that feeling of the first I, time when people actually came for the name? Um. I'd say doesn't have to be a date. When we got around mid late two thousands, it was starting to, to really buzz off. And then uh, when the stairs fell, right, and the threat of it potentially being gone, yeah, when it wasn't, and we came back, it was an explosion. That's when people Everybody really was like, I took a, I took for granted what I could have painted, and it's grown to be so large, and I'm not making that mistake twice. And people started to really pushed the boundaries dude I'm talking like museum quality that place was a fucking museum and uh, 
that must have been a, a, a different was, view for you as well. And now, now you're getting a different reception, dude, I was different there. interaction with people. It's very, yo, I spent almost every day of my life there for 12 years. There's very little few things that can bring me back there every day and not bore me after that period of time. Gotcha. That place, it, it, it almost, towards the end especially, when you'd get there in the beginning and you'd do the drive around, you 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 appreciate it like it was the first time every time. It was, it was, there's just so much to take in. You know what I mean? And one day you may spend 20 minutes looking at one mural like you, you know, the next day you bypass. Not a, I, dude, I'm 46. I've been in New York my whole life. There's not a lot of things in New York that have been able to woo me like that. And, uh, you know, that was one of them. How, so that at that time, I'm sure, you know, when you have all this global attention, then did you then get the wave back, the, the flow of go back now to the local artists, maybe getting a little jealous and saying, questioning their role in it. Did that happen? Because I'm sure, you know, you got outsiders and you got the locals and you got the locals and you got the outsiders. Like it's like this I wave think, I think back it and was, uh, I think if, you know what, it, it, it forced... New Yorkers to step up too. Like that's why graffiti is a great thing. It's a competitive beast. So New Yorkers like, wait, this is our town. I'm gonna, we're gonna do a fucking sick production over here and show you. You know what I mean? It, 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 and in all reality, it connected a lot of dots, friendship-wise, for writers. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, you're, yeah, you're a Bronx writer. You're a New York writer. Yeah, blah blah. But guess what? You you meet a guy that's sick from Spain give me a number now you go to Spain guess what he's looking out for you exactly so I think it was a you know everything was a, a good push it was like a domino it was like a fat guy tripping on a hill try to stop him once he starts falling you know what I'm saying he's taking every rock and tree and playing with him and that's I got a painting in my head now <laughs> there we go Falling down a rock. Better make it look like your graph, or I don't want to see it in the show. Uh, nah, but uh, so that—that's—that's that's the the thing where you got to take the uh, the the snowball and let it fall and kind of embrace it and watch it turn into a landslide. I mean, this is this this that little bit right there that you said is a, is a really interesting little bit of advice for and a warning for people out there who might want to try, try their own five points and try their own art collective and their own legal you know graffiti spot for graffiti jams you know it can become you don't know what it's going to become and it's a leap of faith and it and the unpredictable might happen it could become nothing follow your dream or it could become everything yeah follow your dream first and foremost and and you gotta understand i did i did it genuinely out of love of the art i didn't do it for gain of mere's one i didn't look at five points as this I'm gonna, I'm gonna utilize this to make me bigger. Yeah, you could have called it the Mirrors One Factory. I did it to make, yeah, <laughs> I did it to make the movement bigger. Absolutely. The movement that I love and enjoy. And when you do things unselfishly, it does come back and, and benefit you. And I, I believe, you know, in in our case, in our fight, and 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 I'm sure tons of writers. Oh, he's making, he's cashing in, making. Dude, when they whitewashed five points, I was broke. Whatever I, we, whatever we generated, still kind of broke. Yeah, <laughs> whatever we generated from five points, yeah, I, I put into it. I invested in a man's building that wasn't my building. Yeah. We built the walls on his building. We fixed the broken. The building was dilapidated and, and, and beat up, and I was thankful for it. It was still beautiful to me. You know, and you know what's funny? Some of these like diehard New York graffiti artists might even call that naive. But but that separates that separates passion and drive and and uh, vision from people who are just day to day trying to get theirs. Yeah. And you were beyond day to day. I mean, when you, I, I saw it. That's the only reason why I even got involved. You, you don't think that there's other graffiti jams out there and graffiti collectives that, you know, and I and the, the only reason why I even. No, you're a stern guy. I know. Believe me, I know. Watching me and, and knowing you for years. You're not a fanboy. You're not jumping on something because, uh, you know, nah, you really look at it, you gauge it. And I, if you're in, you're in fully. If you're not, you're just not. And, and, I, and I saw it. I saw, I saw what, everything you just said, connecting the dots, 
bringing people together globally everything from the the, the graffiti masters to the to the youths to the future uh, everything from the old timers that probably don't even understand they probably never even understood that that they would in their age find a five points who tells you that when you were burning subway cars back in the day one day some guy's gonna some crazy guys when an idea is gonna start a, a fun uh, this big factory uh, you know and then it could be coming to this five points yeah. this like mecca you know what i mean who would even who would even dream of that like that, that they can go and have you know old timers day love, or whatever i gotta tell you speaking of what one of my more enjoyable i would love to see these guys get together because it was like reliving their youth and and you see these 50 plus year old dudes getting together and telling the stories and, and it was like a it was like you could just jump right back into time that was a highlight of, of fiber you know, how often did you do those uh, it was in, it was it was a year once a year or two times a year I think it was um, you know I, I tried to promote it and then as we got more organized and you know later on Marie who I my partner uh, who, who got involved was very organized we started to make calendar of events and really have meetings and had a staff and we would sit and plan out a whole summer's events before the summer started right and then she was because she's amazing with press would reach out to all the press circuits and they would publish time out new york would publish our you know our calendar and that was awesome and epic um you know it's it, it, it grew 50 fold more than i could have ever imagined it to and i'm so glad and i want to Definitely see the movie one day because I know there'll be a movie about this. Shit. Yeah, man, and I'm gonna be Tom. I'm, Tom I'm Cruise gonna, probably will be too old to play me. I'm gonna give I another example young. real quick so I don't forget. Like, even aside from graffiti, like I'll give you an example. I knew this uh, woman. She brought her her daughter to Five Points, and she was a cute, shy little kid, and became a part of my what I would say family, which is what I think I've lost with the building being gone. Not that I've lost connection to them, we still stay in touch, but not as frequent where yeah. they would come. And But uh, this young girl who was a shy kid and not a graffiti writer, but loved the graffiti and her mom loved it and loved the events. We did the events and that brought her and she was lured to, and she became a DJ herself. And now she's a beast, DJ Pearly. And it's like, you know, five points is gone, but I watch I watch her grow and battle, and, and she's becoming one of the sickest female, you know, DJs, and it's it's amazing to watch her 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 journey unravel and, and grow, and See, it's all from a little seed. It, it all is relative, you know. That that's the part that's the part that I think a lot of people out there, even some uh, even some of the graffiti culture out there, has a misconception of what five points was versus let's say what a Bushwick Collective or a Wellington and I'm not just shouting out Bushwick Collective for this I'm not hating on them but it's different I'm just pointing out the differences you're never gonna have an old timers day in the Bushwick Collective <laughs> they're never gonna be like hey let's take all these walls down and give the old timers you know their time to like tell their stories show their styles and, and relive and you know and you don't have the another amazing part of five points 99.9.9% Every day you see somebody paint. That's yeah. not guaranteed in any other no. mural program. No, you'll see everybody it, drinking in the other places, but you won't see everybody painting. It's not painting. the same. Yeah. And uh, I think the others get viewed as a, the others get viewed like a museum, whereas we're we were like a museum with a workshop type of atmosphere. Yeah. Where you could actually engulf yourself into it. Yeah. And that's what people love. It's great to see a full done mural. It's it's another whole thing to see the process and, and to, to see how an artist approaches a wall. And and my girl said it in one she used to love watching like when I when I step back from a wall I'll tilt my head back sideways <laughs> to look at it and other artists will fix their pants or scratch their head. Or, Everybody has their own or, yeah, their own and, yeah. and you get to not only see the technique the intent and and the process of an artist that's amazing that's something that museums don't offer that we had yeah you go to the metropolitan museum you're gonna be odd and walk away looking at some beautiful shit can you imagine going in there and seeing picasso work on a painting yeah the feeling you'd have or you know michelangelo or whatever so 
Although I wouldn't want to see them working on painting now, it'd be smelly, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but that that is a, a, a big thing about Five Points, a reason why I wanted to have this conversation, this little bit of storytelling time with you, is, you know, some of this is not out there. Some of this is not told. We've said it a million times how amazing Five Points was, but to hear it from your own voice, and right now just having this little conversation, this little brainstorm of like, what do we remember about Five Points? I mean, for me, what I remember, another thing that was big and special about Five Points was I could go there and paint. I, I went, I painted there over a dozen times, over uh, decades. Uh, and every time is a different time, different weather, different climate, uh, from the iciest colds where I remember almost losing a hand to, you know, the rain. Hot, hot rain with umbrellas while painting, yeah. uh, snow, uh, sun, drenching, hot ass, hot sun, drenching in sweat. Day and night. Day and night, nighttime with the lights, daytime with the blazing sun, early morning because we had to do it early morning. That's the only I time we had. in the office. I slept there at nights. Every, I, I'd sleep in the office have a rat poke his head through the ceiling of the roof like, whoa! And, and then and then later in its in its peak moments of five points when you did have all the tourism going through and all the the unexpected spectators that was an, an experience in itself that I had to get used to and it taught me as an artist to be more open to the public I, I'd have grandmas come up to me and ask me questions yep. just curious and I was already aggressive like like what were you asking me all these questions but who are you what do you want from me and but and then I had to accept it like no they just want to they just want to know they just want to understand it's funny how you uh, touched base on that that was a huge uh, I'd say that's a, a huge changing uh, point for the art form in New York City yeah a lot of artists were on that defensive kind of mentality uh, if somebody asked them questions or approached them and weren't as outgoing. And the Five Points project allowed that alien, you know, the two different alien cultures to kind of intersect and interact. And it made a lot of muralists more comfortable talking to people yeah. due to Five Points. I, I think that's an insane point you just made. Yeah, yeah. No, because, uh, yeah. you know, everybody has that... that I'm watching Mean Grill on. Who are you? Why are you asking? What do you want my paint? You know? And it enabled it to be a comfortable environment to paint and feel comfortable and to be able to meet. And, and probably lined up tons of artists with tons of potential buyers or future fans or future supporters. Yeah. Um, I, I will say also the uh, in the whitewashing of Five Points in the the finale and the and the abrupt way that it ended, uh, it really showed me how that building was was so much more than art being destroyed. Yeah. Uh, the I worked at the World Trade Center. I knew a lot of people there. I witnessed 9/11 and how the Twin Towers. Uh, being destroyed abruptly, surprisingly, uh, shocked the not only city of New York but the world. The Five Points whitewashing was uh, a shock to a lot of people of New York City and around the world. And around the world, but but you know, not 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 as big of a ripple. But it really blew my mind. It was it was probably one of the worst funerals I've been to. It was it was a very so this was this was in 2000 2013 2013 was, to see the the uh, energy and the the you know the the reaction that the building had on people like you could almost tell a first time viewer when they'd come around the corner and start bugging out like yeah you know? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> well we had a first time viewer here Carla experienced it at his heyday she yeah. she was fortunate enough to see it before it got whitewashed Dude. Yeah, Carla, why don't you give us a, what, what was your impression? Just give us quickly your impression of when you first saw it. Yeah, it was uh, like nothing I've seen before, even though um, back in Puerto Rico, they started, I think, because of the influence of what's happening here in New York, um, they were starting to create this type of festivals where people, artists could go and express themselves, do graffiti, but not only graffiti, uh, also street art. Because back in 2013, uh, before I came here, that's when I met 
Cortez, there was a festival in Puerto Rico that it was called Santurce Slay. And it was um, a, kind of like a hip hop festival itself. And a lot of artists, graffiti artists, street artists, um, artists, muralists will come out and will do walls around the city of San Juan. So compared to that, I had an idea already, but then going to New York where it's a different setting, um, and you expect things to be a little bit more urban, but I don't know, I just felt like it was more like a city uh, with a lot of ladrillo and, you know, like, like, yeah, like you don't expect to see walls to be full of art, at least, at least for me. So then when I came and I saw it, I was like, wow, this is very impressive. And to see the, uh, the whole building covered, um, that was really, really impressive as well. And that was in August 2013 when I came here. And then November of that year, that's when the whitewash happened. And I was like, wow, I can't believe it because it was a couple of months ago that I was there. I was, I was watching. Everything looked so lively because when I came also, yeah, yeah when, I, when I came also, um, I saw a lot of people walking around, a lot of kids. Um, artists painting so it was cool to see kind of like a, a, a community and an event happening and kind of like movement and you know people sharing stories and sharing moments together so yeah it was it was uh it was the 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 white of the walls was as if you looked at a mirror everybody looked like the white of the walls yeah it was a it, <laughs> it was, was a, pale, it yeah. was a very yeah very crazy it was it was a, it was so insane in a matter of 24 hours to see uh, the yin and the yang of not only the walls and the people and their spirit and their their attitude. It was it still it sucks that uh, I do remember the murals and the beauty of it, but equally the the day of the. Whitewash, yeah, right. and that sucks. That's something that you know will stick with me forever. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that's I knew that 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 at that point uh, a community was lost. Not only art, but a community, and was robbed of something that was theirs. And a big part of the reason why I continued to fight uh, after its destruction. To recognize that it was wrongdoing. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, and I'll, I'll be honest. On on my side, from my perspective, you know, when it got when it got whitewashed, you know, I got a bunch of messages from people, you know, online, asking me, "Hey, what happened? Hey, this that, and the other." Uh, you know, because they just knew uh, over the years of me painting there that you know it was a huge loss. Like they already knew it without even knowing the details. They already knew it. Yeah. That nobody had any idea of any kind of court case possibilities or we didn't really have a vision of like this could be something that well we didn't get in we didn't involve we didn't no. start this for you know the funny thing is now everything happens for a reason we we started the the lawsuit wasn't started in any kind of means to make money the building stood it was fully colorful yeah we were trying to save, save a building we weren't even trying to to take the building from the landlord we were trying to to open his eyes to see the, the value the in value it value and importance it and to perhaps maybe alter your plan like keep build your towers keep the shell there's so many options they could have there was no conversation no dialogue and yeah. We, we, we wanted to either we wanted to first and foremost save the, the the building and the art on it and in the worst case scenario have the time to document correctly and save as much of this what we would call temple uh, for future uh, generations to be able to enjoy and see even if it was just in a museum and <clears throat> we were robbed of that you know the, f the funny thing is uh, it's been now we're, we're it's almost 2020 it's almost 2020 yeah we're almost we're almost on on six you know six going on to seven and you know like in this time i remember when it happened like a month later people were like so are you guys gonna get another building 
So what's going to happen next? So are you guys going to do... So where's the next thing? You know, are you going to get permission for another wall? Where, you know, and it was like this thing of like... Like this... this People just imagine this like instant <laughs> gratification of like being able to do something. And it was so easy. Just go do it again. And it's been this much time and nobody has. Why? Because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. And you know what? I don't, I don't get mad at people. I, I think everybody... Some people are more vocal in how upset they were or, or bothered by the loss of it. Some people act like it doesn't mean shit. And to some it may not and to some it does. I think people in dealing with their emotional you know, loss of it or whatever don't think about the full spectrum of things and they say, hey, you're going to start another one? You should... And don't realize, you know, when you build 12 years or something and it gets not only taken away from you, you get slapped in the face yeah. by the individual that let you create it. And, and without and, getting and into the case, without getting into the case, but continually, still to this day, no closure, yeah. bashed. It's, it's not as easy as you think. And you know what? You, for everyone that may have liked Five Points or maybe don't give a shit about it or loved Five Points you weren't there 12 years every day so imagine if you were there 12 years every exactly. day exactly and just imagine how much more that would have been a a, a, a a blow they don't necessarily and I don't like I said I don't knock people because everyone's their own person and sometimes people don't take the time to think outside of their specific um you know scenario and think about how you might feel uh and they speak fast so i i don't get bothered but that is the the scenario and um would i and and you gotta also say would you do the same thing twice you know if you create a a clothing store and you you build up a brand and you create this brand and the brand is great you had a great time it it did amazing but for whatever the reason it got stale and old and, and and crashed would you want to start another brand and create the same exact journey with a different name and and do it again well that's 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 where i think people have to learn educate themselves on what five points was to understand that it was more than just a brand it's not a brand or a clothing brand or or, or a store that opens closes and now you could just open a store again it's not that that's that works for commercial entities there there is no way to redo this and if you and if you it was organic and if you do it again you got to do it wiser because it didn't end like we're just going out of business chapter whatever it wasn't that it it now there's repercussions there's learning lessons and if we go back into it to do it again you got to do it now smarter smarter and you have to do it now we know you have to do it with some legal coverage and you there's a lot of things that now change the game to do that again can people out there graffiti artists in new york graffiti artists in the world can you get legal walls yeah go ahead get legal walls you can get written permission you can talk about vara rights you could talk about all the legalities with the person you're working with the landlord or whoever it is that you're getting a legal wall from this doesn't affect you guys in that way it just makes you more aware and you guys can still get legal walls but when you talk about can you do another five points that's very unlikely it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to do another five points without a lot of a lot of preparation and a lot of and, and, experience. And part of, and I'm going to be honest, the it, it's the it's the building it to what it was without any kind of idea or expectation is what made it where it can never be done again. Like, and there's no way I would be able to do it again without having a set plan in my head, without knowing what we were able to achieve and what's possible to achieve. It, it, it's not the same. It can never. It would never have that same, you know, ooh-ah factor. Um, I mean, I remember going. I remember going, you know, to South America, and painting, and then having like somebody talk to me and be like, "Yo, I met you at Five Points." Blah 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 blah. And I was blown away by that. I was like, "Holy shit!" I, I, you know, no offense to the person, but I didn't remember them because so I met so many people at Five Points. My world. Yeah, I mean, you met so many people on a daily basis, but. The fact that it opened you up to a global community. I went to Spain. I was in Spain, painting in Spain in a in a place called Lleida, uh, in the you know that's it's out in the outskirts of Barcelona. And you know, last last place that I would expect meeting somebody at a graffiti jam telling me I met you at Five Points, 
you know, shout out, hey, send a shout out to Mirrors for me, man. Like, you know, it was so great painting there. That was so amazing for me. Such a great experience. I can't wait to go back to New York. Like, that, in, I never imagined that in my whole life. I never, back in the 90s, never imagined that that location would become that kind of vehicle. Um, and I just don't think that I would go to paint at some graffiti jam now and get that same feedback. Yeah. It just, it's not that thing. It's not a community. Yeah. I know that. Uh, you know. I think get to streets together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, to sum it up, best memories of Five Points or best takeaway, best takeaway from Five Points. Best, best learning lesson, maybe. Um... I, I, you know what, I, I may have may have tried to ask a little more for help or, or, or tried to have, I mean, you can't, you know, you, everything happens for a reason and you're never going to get it every, oh, this is it, you're yep. never going to get everything right. Um, and where are we here? How do I get in there? Um, everything happens for a reason and... You, you know, I just, I, I like to say, oh, if I would have applied for grants, if I would have reached out for help, I was very inverted. I didn't want, I don't know how to write grants and do all of that stuff. I didn't want to ask anyone for anything. I didn't want it to become uh, uh, where we ask for, you know, in my head, you ask for something, they want something. Yeah. You know, That's you owe, and, it, and, and you know what, I could have asked maybe for a little more assistance or tried to. Um, we were very inverted. We were our own community. I didn't yeah. reach out to the neighborhood. I didn't try to, you know, maybe if we would have reached out and got um, more familiar with the arts, Queens Council of the Arts, and this, and 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 established a relationship, they would have seen more of the value of of what we had and maybe fought for us. Yeah, you know, that's that's what makes it hard, you know, for any graffiti artist out there that or. or or real estate people out there that want to invent a new five points because they got excited about the story and the headlines. It's a lot more to it than just getting a legal permission and getting some artists. Yep. All right, man. Yo, Miras, thank you so much for sharing stories with us. Just be crazy. Go in through the do not enter. It's all right. That's what happens when you're driving and podcasting. But, uh, yo, thanks for sharing, man. I appreciate it. Until the next drive. <laughs>